ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Hey there, this is Beyond Synth, episode 249. On the show today, I'm going to be chatting with Immortal Girlfriend, the uh, brother duo who make cool music, and we'll be uh, talking to them later on in the show. But first, we got lots of music to listen to and some things to talk about, and I think we should get started right now. So Brandon has come out with a new album, Retro Chrome 2, and uh, Brandon is a very talented artist, and his uh, collaborations with SJ Bravo are always good. I think all of them are good. So that's my endorsement. <laughs> I guess they are. Uh, and uh, this album is no exception. There's a bunch of great uh, songs on here. I'm going to play this one. Uh, this one's called Lightning featuring SJ Bravo. And it is uh, pretty awesome. This is Brandon with Lightning featuring SJ Bravo.
And that was Lightning by Brandon featuring S.J. Bravo. Go check it out. Retro Chrome 2. I know I've been gathering so much music that I might be a little behind on some things, but Brandon sent me this uh, over the weekend and uh, I was like, oh, cool, man. I'll check it out. And I was happy I did. And then Luke and I shared a heart-to-heart about uh, muffin recipes. Oh, I should say that that song was brought to you by my uh, awesome Beyond Synth supporters. I'd like to do a special shout-out here to uh, someone who got in contact with me on SoundCloud, Mr. Brian West, who sent me a message. He was looking to uh, find out what happened to Noah Kaufman because uh, I know I had Noah on the show many, many seasons ago because he used to host a show that was on the radio called uh, Synthwaves FM. Was that what it was called? Ah, shit. <laughs> anyway, he had a radio show. Uh, he doesn't do it anymore. And uh, Brian was like, what, what happened to that guy? And uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what he's really doing now. I mean, he's still around. I think he was doing maybe like DJ sets. I tell you what, maybe I'll uh, try and get a hold of him and figure out what, what happened. But anyways, so uh, I was chatting with uh, Brian and he says, it does feel like uh, you are almost the last man standing in quotes. And then he said, I just realized that I've never made a donation to your show. I went ahead and did just that. Thanks for all you do. I've been listening to your show for years. I'd say I got into the scene from Hotline Miami back in 2012. I don't make music, but I love the tunes. And he sent a very lovely donation to Beyond Synth. So, Brian, thank you very much. Uh, That was uh, very generous of you. Thank you for uh, supporting the show. Although I will say Beyond Synth is the best Synthwave chat show there is, uh, we do also have the, uh, we, uh, have the distinction of, I guess, being the longest running show? So there's that. So that's a thing. Anyways, look, the point of all this is thanks, Brian, for supporting the show. And now let's listen to some more music. So here's a song from uh, an artist called Horseshoe Theory. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's the, uh, the kings of the Pattersons, of course, Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. You guys are great. And we met Mike Shima a few weeks ago, and I can say, although things are moving very slowly behind the scenes, uh, Mike Shima is going to be our initial DM when we get around to doing those D&D episodes of Beyond Synth. And again, don't hold your breath, because this could be a project that's like fucking years away, but uh, it's something that's in motion along with uh, all this other stuff. Anyways, look, the bottom line is, let's listen to this cool track. This is Horseshoe Theory with Killing time. Oh, 
And that was Killing Time by Horseshoe Theory. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, we got Jose Arbello, the coolest guy in town. And then there's Jacob Wick, the coolest civil engineer in town. And City Hunter, the coolest city in town. And it... I got nothing. Look, if you like the music that's featured on Beyond Scent, you can go check out all the artists. If you follow uh, Beyond Scent on social media, on Twitter or Facebook, I post all the links to all the artists I feature on the show in the show notes, which is like the more info button on SoundCloud. Or if you're on Facebook and Twitter, it's just right in the post, man. So follow the awesome music. Now, do any of you people use Humble Bundle? Because I just signed up the other day. I say the other day. I think it was like last month. During quarantine, time makes no sense to me. They had City Skylines for a dollar. And then you could buy all the DLC. So I think I bought all the DLC and it was like 25 bucks or something, which is a really good deal. Now, keep in mind, I haven't even played it and I I already have it on my PlayStation 4. (laughs) But I just figured I got it on the PlayStation because I wanted like a city sim builder kind of game. But, you know, those games do function a bit better on computer and I thought it would be a good idea to pick it up. And uh, so that was like a great deal. I don't know, it's been weird. During quarantine, I found I've made... Like, I don't have a huge budget for, like, buying games and stuff, but I find I've been making a lot of, like, just rash purchases of, like, cheap things. Like, anytime a game is on sale for cheap, I'm like, well, I might as well pick it up. I got Far Cry 3 again because it was on sale for, like, $3. I think I picked up Metal Gear Solid 5 because it was on sale for, like, 5 bucks. So I think I'm going to officially say I'm not going to buy any new games until I beat a bunch of the games I already have in the back catalog. Because it's like getting ridiculous because I kind of wanted to play that Ghosts of Tsushima game and I'm like I'm not buying another fucking full price game and then fucking uh, Paper Mario anyway you folks let me know what are you playing what are you doing for fun I don't know I'm just in a daze but I tell you what I do love doing is listening to awesome music and I got another awesome track here this is from uh, an artist called Zenith Volt brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 2666 club it's Hugh Hefna and Lucas Ceballos you guys are in the 2666 club (laughs) that's the creative thing i have to say to you uh but thank you so much for supporting the show here is a cool track this is zenith volt with challenger
And that was Challenger by Zenith Volt. That's a neat one. And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Jimmy the Hut, Alex Seligson, A Star Apart, Restless Nights, and Tim Carlton. And I think uh, Jimmy just sent me some trivia questions. So if you enjoyed last week's episode when we did uh, the trivia with the family show, we'll probably do that again next time. We'll do it until you guys get bored of it. So if you liked that and wanted to send in your own trivia game that we will do on the show, you can send them to beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com and just title the email trivia. And if you want to get a sense for the format, just listen to uh, the last family show or the one before that. Because I think when you're doing trivia over the internet, especially when you're doing it in like podcast format, I think there's ways that work and ways that don't work. I mean, I've heard other podcasts do trivia and they'll do things like they get people to buzz in. But you know, with the internet, everyone is approaching the conversation with different latency speeds and stuff. So buzzing in isn't really fair. So it works better to just have like multiple choice and then just ask the questions to the uh, contestants in order. I think that just makes more sense. But uh, speaking of awesome patrons, one of my awesome patrons, Mr. Gimpson, sent in a letter here to the Patreon. You know, you can message me on Patreon if you want to. Uh, he says, uh, longtime listener, but never sent a message before. On a recent podcast, you mentioned Quantum Leap and how you're surprised no one has redone it. Have you ever watched Timeless? It does similar things, has good and evil time travelers meddling with history, and was canceled on a cliffhanger, although they eventually made two bonus episodes to finish it off. I watched it all on Netflix in the UK and definitely recommend it if you like Quantum Leap. Cheers, Mr. Gimson! Well, no, Mr. Gimson, I have not watched Timeless, but I guess I will add it to the list. I still gotta watch, you know, the last season of Breaking Bad. They just put out this Transformers cartoon on Netflix that seems kind of interesting, and I kind of want to watch that. So, uh, lots of stuff to do. But uh, in the meantime, we should listen to more music. So how about we check out this little track from an artist called Cosmo Cocktail. Am I losing my voice? <laughs> I, li- I lost my voice on cock there. <clears throat> Cosmo Cocktail. <clears throat> anyway, yes, uh, Cosmo Cocktail. He's been around actually for a really long time in the scene. Have I ever played any Cosmo Cocktail tracks? I guess I better check BeyondSynth.com and look at the Beyond Synth Artist Database, a great resource for people looking to find synthwave artists. Anyways, let's listen to this track by Cosmo Cocktail. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Johnny Five, Kempson, Martin Larby, Gregorio Franco, Blake Peterson, and Ken Giroux. You guys are pretty damn awesome, and this is September Sunset by Cosmo Cocktail.
right, and that was Cosmo Cocktail with September Sunset. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Ashley Keegan with the 2049, Andy's Laugh with the 20, and then we got Ethan Bobson Dugnut Hennings, a.k.a. the real Sonny Crockett with the 1986, and Rachel Buchelman with the 1985, and Murat with the 1984. You guys are all pretty, pretty cool people. And uh, I just uh, released some videos, okay, on YouTube. Well, I mean, I just released one, but uh, there's a few more there that uh, you should check out. So I just put out my interview with FM84, Ollie Ride, and Josh Daly that was recorded when they were on their North American tour. That was the week before Outland. I'm finally getting through a lot of these videos. I know it's weird that I'm putting these out and it was from an event that was like a year ago, but in a weird way, it's kind of keeping things going while we're sort of on pause during this stupid fucking year that at least it seems like there's still things going on. And so that's my justification anyways for (laughs) taking a year (laughs) to edit videos. But anyway, it's a fun video. I think there's a lot of you who listen to Beyond Synth who don't watch the YouTube channel, all right? Because I mean, I see my statistics. It's not like Beyond Synth is like the most popular show on the planet, but like, you know, there's a decent audience and there's obviously awesome people uh, like you listening right now and the awesome Patreon supporters and PayPal supporters and stuff like that. So I can see how many people listen to each episode of Beyond Synth, but then whenever I put videos out on YouTube, it's just like 10 views, 12 views, you know? And uh, if you enjoy the show and if you like Beyond Synth, please check out the Beyond Synth YouTube channel because there's a ton of videos up there that are all connected to, uh, you know, the synthwave scene. There's video interviews with a lot of awesome artists. There's obviously all the ones I did at Outland. There's still like five more I have to do. There's obviously the one I just put out with FM84 and Ollie Wright and Josh Daly. There's the one with Jesse Fry. There's episodes of The Real Beyond Synth, which is like the talk show version of the show. So I hope you all have a chance to check out uh, the Beyond Synth YouTube channel because also that's where a lot of your names are listed as supporters of the show. So I don't just do the shout outs on the podcast. If you support Beyond Synth, uh, your name is also in the credits of the uh, episodes that get posted. So uh, yeah, so check them out. You'll be happy you did or you won't. (laughs) What do I know? I'll tell you what I know. I know that you like awesome music, so let's listen to some. Of course, uh, we will be talking to Immortal Girlfriend in just a bit. Uh, I have a few more songs to play, and uh, you're going to dig them because they're all uh, fun tunes, man. So let's listen to this. This is a fun one from an act called Electric City Cowboys from the album Electric Passion. And uh, hey, let's do a little shout out to uh, one of my PayPals here, Anselmo Incorporated, who has uh, upgraded his support. So thanks, dude. He says, Hello, good sir. Glad you're doing well. Your show really helps me through all this shit that is going on in the world right now. You are doing a great service by keeping us all sane. That being said, here's a nice upgrade to my support. How about some Mega Man to satisfy my 8-bit side? Be safe, be well. Well, there you go. I already played it, so... <laughs> That's what you get. But uh, thank you for uh, supporting the show. And now, let's listen to this track. This is Electric City Cowboys with Electric.
And that was Electric by Electric City Cowboys. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We have a new patron this week in the Triple Six Club, Big Baby D. Thanks, Big Baby D, for uh, supporting the show. You're a Big Baby D. Does that mean something? Does your name start with a D? Let me know in the comments, all right? But anyway, the point is, thank you very much for your support. And I'd also like to uh, shout out to my awesome patrons in the $15 club. There's Prophet of Jupiter, Six Mill, Gus Velichek, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. And what else? I got this uh, tweet here from uh, Amadeus Vegas. Uh, he makes uh, cool tunes. I think I played uh, an Amadeus Vegas track on the show weeks ago or months ago. Who can tell? He said sort of a nice compliment, and I wanted to talk about it because I uh, like when people say nice things. But he said, uh, you're the best because you actually dig through the releases of unknown artists and don't just feature people with thousands of followers. I find so much good stuff here. Good work and thanks. And thank you, Amadeus Vegas. You know, I was thinking about that because it's a nice compliment, fine. But I think it sort of shows maybe what's different about this or what's different about my approach to things than other people is I genuinely love music. Like it is like the most important art for me uh, to fuel my creativity and and things like that. I mean, I, obviously, I like I love movies and TV and you know games and things and reading and stories and stuff. But for me personally, what gets me energized is music. So I don't approach this show with any sort of cynical like business brain. Like I'm not a businessman. I'm not a good businessman. All right, I'm just not. Whenever I talk to people who have all these strategies and like social media plans and stuff, and I'm always envious of those sorts of people. You know, like oh, all their tweets are planned for like two weeks and all the right hashtags and things like that and I genuinely make this show because I enjoy making it I genuinely like talking to artists and producers, you know, in and around the synthwave scene because I like musicians. Like, I, I just like people who make the art that I find so inspiring. And even though we don't necessarily talk about music so much, <laughs> these are generally just people I just enjoy hanging out with. I like creative people. And that's where I get my energy from is other creative people, especially people who are passionate about what they do. That gives me energy. You know, it's like a cycle, which is why it's important, you know, to really foster relationships with those types of people that give you energy and try and limit the sort of negative shitheads which is why social media is like such a pain in the ass because you're very you're always inundated by people who are just so negative and whose whole public persona is fueled by anger and uh, disgust and fear like it's there's people out there just that's everything they tweet about everything they write about on their social media is all just shit and it doesn't help you and it's not healthy and half the time these are people well, more than half the time, like who you're literally never going to meet, who you're never going to see in real life, yet somehow their negativity has a power over you. And positivity can have a power over you too. I'm not like a cheesy, like the secret kind of dude, but I mean, you know, like there's a there's a power in positive, uh, just being positive. So when it comes to doing this show, yeah, like I don't just go, who's got the most followers so they can share my show and I'll get more hits or whatever. What I've been doing is hopefully building an audience based on people who actually just enjoy the show, who like listening to cool music, who like hearing artists, who like hearing me talk to people and hearing what I have to say and stuff like that. And there's no like cynicism there. And for me, since I get fueled by awesome music, I want to go find it wherever it is. I don't care if someone has no followers. Sometimes I will just go and click. I'll spend a day. I'll look at people who recently followed me on SoundCloud or Twitter or Facebook, and I will just click on their accounts. And you know, a lot of times they are musicians and I'll go what do they got and I'll just listen to their stuff I'm not looking to see their fucking followers I don't care I'm interested in the music I am really losing my voice aren't I 
I hear it cracking. <laughs> it keeps cracking. Anyways, look, the point is I do this because I love to do it. Now, yes, the Patreon and the PayPal support is important for me doing it on a regular basis. But, you know, if all that dropped away, there would still be Beyond Synth. It would, like I've said this many times, like it would just be like once a month or whatever, you know, like it'd be a special thing because obviously I'd have to get work someplace else. But that's it. But I've never done this. There's no, there's no cynicism behind what I do. And uh, if people notice that, then that's a good thing. It makes me happy because it's the truth, all right? I I legitimately love music. And uh, on that note, let's listen to some. We got a track here from Polychrome. And uh, I think you guys will dig this one. It's called Starts With a Kiss. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Mads Baron Christensen. And we will never forget the immortal Chris Lyle Lane. And uh, I hope you uh, enjoy this track. This is Polychrome with Starts With a Kiss.
that was Starts With a Kiss by Polychrome. And I dig that track. Uh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> After that last segment where I talk about my passion for music, and then when it comes time to actually talk about it, it's like, that track was good. Um, we got one more track to listen to before we talk to Immortal Girlfriend. But, uh, oh yeah, okay, if, has this ever happened to you? The other day, I got a PayPal thing, and I thought someone had sent me money, and so I was happy, and I clicked on the email, and it was like, it said 50 bucks, and I'm like, ooh, someone sent me 50 bucks, that's nice. And I go to PayPal, and it was a PayPal money request. Have you ever got this? Like, literally, you get a, you get an email notification from PayPal, and when you go there, it's someone saying, you should give me $50. That was... <laughs> You know how disappointing that was? <laughs> I was so like, happy, like 50 bucks, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you ever walked outside and found money on the floor and it's a really great feeling? One time I found a $20 bill and the only thing I felt bad about was I stood there for a while because I'm like, okay, if someone just dropped this, because if I was that person who's like, oh, where's my fucking 20? And I turn around and there's already some asshole like running away with my money. And now I just think about it, maybe I shouldn't have taken that 20. <laughs> Maybe I deserve this. Uh, <laughs> this PayPal request. What an asshole. I don't know, but is this a thing? Is this a common thing? Let me know, because I've never received that in my life. It was fucking weird. I don't really have anything else of value to say right now, so let's listen to one more track, uh, and then we'll go chat with Immortal Girlfriend. So this is a track from an artist called Oblique. This is Blackheart.
And that was Black Heart by Oblique. And that's a cool song. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, on that note, let's go uh, Let's go to a conversation. So before I go there, just a quick reminder. Don't forget to check out the Beyond Synth YouTube page. There's lots of fun videos on there. If you enjoy this show, you will enjoy the Beyond Synth YouTube page. There's uh, clips from when I was doing Twitch streams, which I can't do right now because my internet sucks, but I uh, hope to be doing that again when I get back to high-speed internet. And... You know, there's video game clips, there's the real Beyond Synth, the talk show, there's interviews with uh, Synthwave artists, all sorts of fun stuff. So go type in Beyond Synth into YouTube and go check out the page and subscribe to it and do all that shit. And of course, if you want to support Beyond Synth, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash beyondsynth or you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the PayPal donate button. And that's a great way of helping out the show if you want to help out the show. If you just want to listen to the show, then... You're doing that now, and uh, you're doing a great job. So now, let's go chat with Immortal Girlfriend. All right, so I'm here right now with Immortal Girlfriend. Now, you two, are you two brothers? Uh, yeah, 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 we are. My name is Will. I'm Kevin. All right, hello, Will and Kevin. I just should say I, I never really do any research, and so the most I did was I did find out your names in advance, and now that research is uh, <laughs> useless because I, I wanted to be able to say it like I was like a smart guy. So I was like, no, you're Will and Kevin, correct? And that's all fucked up. You, <laughs> you beat me to the one piece of research I did. I'm trying to see, can I, can I tell the difference between your voices if I hear you talk? How about Will, you say something. Hey, this is Will. Hey, this is Kevin. <laughs> I can talk. I can talk weird if you want me to. We'll draw on a pirate. That like, was- <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess let's let's start at the very beginning here. So I think I can't remember. Did you send me? Who controls the Twitter? Who runs the Twitter? Uh, that's that's usually me. Well, yeah, I do a lot of the pretty much all the social media stuff so yeah yeah i i remember sending you a little demo or uh, maybe it was just a song around 2017 we had just put out our first ep i was just looking at anything like in the synthwave community and i kind of saw like your podcast and i listened to your podcast and i liked it so yeah yeah we're almost kind of came full circle with that because it's been about three years since we put out that ep so it's kind of cool to be on the podcast now, I guess. Yeah, I was just trying to remember like how I came across it because I'm like a pretty disorganized guy. A lot of people like send me things. I can't remember sometimes if I reached out or if you reached out to me, but sure. I remember that first EP was a uh pretty cool and I know I played a track from it but then I hadn't followed up in like the past few years to see where you were at and then so I just recently listened to the uh, the new one Ride but you, there was like a few years gap in between the uh, the two right? Yeah yeah there was there was kind of like some health stuff going on and um, just life stuff I guess you know but yeah so if, if it felt good to come back with uh, the new EP this year yeah just kind of get right back into it kind of where we left off. So I guess let's uh, let's explain the the group here. So I mean, like, uh, what does "immortal girlfriend" mean? Does that mean something to you? <laughs> well, I feel like when people ask that, I like to just ask them it back. Like, what does it mean to you? Like, what pops in your head when you hear "immortal girlfriend"? Let me think here. I'll, I'll uh, concoct a whole. <laughs> I'll con- concoct a whole story. Immortal girlfriend. I don't know why, but I get more of the sense it's like kind of more of a benevolent thing. Like, it's not an evil immortal girlfriend. Like, because I guess there's one way of interpreting this. Like, some sort of zombie lady that doesn't let you go you know when you're just like man i dropped that chick and then like 
she's still after you and she's got like red eyes and stuff and like keeps killing all your current girlfriends <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's one way <laughs> for sure for sure i see it more of uh i don't know maybe there's something like nicer about it like a like i don't know it's weird it's like <laughs> i just infuse my childhood of like video games and science fiction movies and stuff and so to me it's like some sort of protector lady that's like kind of like watching over and like uh, kicking ass on your behalf if you need to so maybe if you have a bunch of shitty girlfriends and there's like this immortal girlfriend that's there to sort of protect you from them man <laughs> what <laughs> i'm just yeah, talking uh, shit yeah, I, was say, I, I love that answer <laughs> yeah no i mean for us like the name kind of it really came about we we wrote a song like like a really long time ago and uh, it almost kind of had some of like a sci-fi kind of background to it but in there we had a lot i think we had a lyric that said something like about an immortal girlfriend so it was kind of a homage to that song like the first song that we kind of wrote together back in the day but also turned into more of an ideal like more of an idea that for us music was like our relationship with music was kind of like something that we didn't want to die you know so it was almost something like that kind of turned a little more like metaphorical a little bit when you say you wrote a song a long time ago like, how long have you guys been making... So you're saying you were making music before Immortal Girlfriend. So, like, what were you guys doing before? Oh, yeah. I mean, we played in, like, a few different bands. But at the time, I think it might it might have been, like, 2008, 2009. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're brothers, but we've been playing music way before this band, you know. So, like, just together, just kind of jamming in the basement or just jamming on laptops, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, most of our lives, I'd say we've been kind of making music together. So have you experimented then, like, in different genres? I mean, obviously, this is a synthwave project, but I mean, like, what were you guys doing before? Like, was it all electronic or what was the deal? Well, we... We played in the Screamo band back in like <laughs> 07 when Screamo was all that. That was the rage. Uh, so we did that for a while and our bandmates lived like really far away. So it kind of, as we started dabbling in electronic music, it was just easier. You know, we could just both do it and right. not really think about members or lugging all this gear to shows and all that stuff. So... <laughs> How does that work though when you're brothers? Like if you play with another band... Do you guys come as a team? Like, come as a unit? Like, if you're playing with other bands, like the Bush Brothers, they come a, as a pair? Right. Kind of, yeah. Well, that, that's how it's been. Uh, yeah. So we're from, like, a musical family, so there was always, like, our, our dad plays bass and sings, our mom plays guitar and sings, so they were always encouraging us to play, and right. uh, we would play with them sometimes, and they would never, like, tell us to shut up. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I, support. For real. From I, the jump. Really? Yeah, for real. I, I would say they they definitely encouraged us to play and just kind of just go after our goals and our dreams, especially with music. So, uh, you know, shouts out to our <laughs> mom and dad for that, you know, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as what we play, like I used to play guitar and Kevin played drums. And I mean, he played also, he played a lot of extra instruments as well. So whenever we were jamming, it would just be like usually like guitar and drums or something like that. And then uh, we had other friends that played guitar and bass. So it was kind of like fitting the pieces together to kind of form a band. So that's what we did early on. Right, right, right. Well, how about this? Let's actually play some music now and sort of dive into the immortal girlfriend. So I have a bunch of tracks picked, a few from Daybreak and a few from the new one. So I thought we would start with this track. I think this was probably the one I played on the show. Um, it's called Overcome the Night by Immortal Girlfriend. Oh, nice.
And that was Overcome the Night by Immortal Girlfriend. And I'm here right now with Immortal Girlfriend, brothers Will and Kevin. How's it going? Good. So good, man. Good to be here. <laughs> I love any time there's just a pause. Whenever there's a pause and then just good. <laughs> it, makes, it makes me laugh every time so when you talk about your uh you know having a musical family and that sort of thing i mean a lot of it sounds like pretty traditional where you're saying like guitars and bass and drums and stuff so like what attracted you to this kind of the synth wave sort of sound for me i was always drawn to like just those bands i got really big into like depeche mode like for like a while and just kind of started listening to a lot of bands like of the 80s, like The Police and uh, like The Cure and stuff like that. And I feel like from that, there came like this general chase of like nostalgia. I feel like this was probably right before synth wave was even really a thing. But I, I, I was kind of just messing around on my laptop, just making like these weird <laughs> mutant Depeche Mode songs. And I was like, I was chasing this nostalgic feeling. And then... Probably around the time, like, you know, Drive came out, like for a lot of people, uh, you know, the movie Drive, when that came out and, and like that soundtrack was out, that was when I was finally able to kind of put a name to it. I'm like, oh, like this is like a genre, like there's artists out there that do this. Ever since then, it was kind of like, you know, just kind of took Synthwave as an inspiration and just started making songs that just kind of had like a, a retro vibe to them. So yeah, I feel like that's almost how like this project started. Just kind of wanted to keep chasing that nostalgic feeling and then kind of found the community of Synthwave. It's amazing how compelling those few small things are. I mean, like I've been doing this show since about 2013 and obviously so many people will cite the movie Drive. Right. They will uh, will talk about Hotline Miami. Right. It's funny how it's like those few little things and then if you think about it, it's even like a tiny aspect of those things because when I think of Drive, really it's the Kavinsky song and it's like the pink font at the start of the film where it says Drive. Yep, yep. And then obviously the song by College. And then, mm -hmm. I mean, I've said this story a zillion times on the show, but like downloading the Hotline Miami soundtrack before I understood what Synthwave was and it was just, it was the Perturbator song on that album. Oh yeah. That led me to discover Bandcamp and then through that, discover the scene. And it's so like, when I first started the show, the community existed, but it was really small. It was like that Facebook group that had like, you know, maybe 150 members at the right. time, maybe 200 and then the whole thing sort of blew up. And it's it's funny thinking back just how compelling this is. Like, it, it is just like a compelling sound. And it's interesting how it sort of hits all these people. Yeah. And I, I think that's also the cool thing specifically about Synthwave, I feel like, is it's a product of its time. Like, the sound is nostalgic, but a lot of the production techniques, you know, that go into it are modern. And even the whole the whole community takes place online, really. That's kind of what makes it unique. It's like a global community that's all online. But it's also something that, you know, in the 80s, no no one, people didn't have internet like this, you know? So it's, it's kind of its own, it's its own like standalone thing too. It's like there is these pockets of people in every city, but it's only like, it's like a few. Right. And so there have been a few successful kind of synthwave style events. I mean, I keep talking about the one that happened last summer in Toronto, uh, Outland, Toronto. And, um, you know, it had a wicked turnout. There's like 600 people. They filled this fucking venue. It was hot as shit. But it was like just a good vibe, you know? Right. So then people would always talk to me and be like, oh, like Toronto seems like a pretty happening like synthwave town. I'm like, I mean, it, it was that day. 
but you know like, there's still a whole bunch of really like talented artists in Toronto and, and when they put on like a solo show you know it's like fucking 20 people show up you know like it's not <laughs> and so it's weird because like there is this big community but since we are spread out all over the world sometimes it's hard when you want to get like a local scene going and uh, right. I can always tell from the photography like you know whenever people like take a picture of their shows and like the way the crowd looks you know like with the camera lens and stuff I'm like oh I see what they're doing like they're trying to get behind the five people that showed up to make it look like yeah. <laughs> you know there's a lot of people in the space and stuff right. but hopefully I mean I always I always want this stuff to grow I mean obviously this year is a fucking shitty dumb fucking write-off year that <laughs> this year sucks sure but I'm hoping after this and whenever things return to some sort of normalcy that uh, we can have more kind of shows again because I think there's going to be a lot of people are going to want to get together I think I think it's the one thing I'm missing is like human contact the way that it was before and like right we're due for some big fucking sweaty event that's like the matrix was like the second matrix film where they go to that stupid dance club and like (laughs) like i feel like some event like that has to happen anyway oh yeah man no I, I I definitely hear that I feel like you know hopefully there'll be a new appreciation for this live music in general but as far as the synthwave community is concerned like yeah like I definitely would like to see and even be a part of like just more events and to see the community grow it's been really fun to be a part of and just it's kind of the one at least for me it's one of the uniting things about the world right now you know with everyone being distant in a way and you know just different you know issues like race issues and stuff that are going on it's kind of cool to see that there's still like an online community where people can still kind of come together and still kind of bond over these things yeah 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 i mean i was talking about that on the show a few weeks ago i think the thing that that sort of frustrates me a bit is i try and keep this show relatively politics free because the world is so shitty that like just tune into this show have a laugh listen to cool music talk about video games for sure no i i hear you i hear you if we can focus more on our like what we have have in common if we can kind of get back to that uh, i think there'll be hope for us all hopefully <laughs> yeah well dude i mean that's that's where i've always been so obviously different people take different tactics especially with with online stuff and their social media right and for me, I, I've always tried to get along with people. I've got old friends of mine who I grew up with who are differently aligned than I am, like politically, for example. But I don't like cut them out of my life. I don't, you know, say, don't talk to me anymore because you voted for so-and-so. I still try and find the things where we have common ground. Right. Because, and I've always done that my whole life. Like, it takes a person to be like a fucking villain to really like sort of cut them out or make me feel horrible like if you have a friend who like every time you see them they just fucking treat you like an asshole then like after a while you're like well fuck you get out of here but like I've got friends who are like my video game friends you know and like when I get it when I hang out with so and so we only talk about video games you know what I mean like there's no talk about anything else and we have a good time and everything's fine you know I try to extend that online but you know I, I obviously see a lot of people especially artists who you know have been writing these things lately where they're like you know if you don't agree with this unfollow me and if you don't you know you don't like this and don't listen to my music and stuff like this and i've never been one of those people i i honestly i feel like if you disagree with me i'm happy for you to listen to my show and get enjoyment from it because maybe that means that you would have to think well shit this guy 
things completely different, but he's making something that I like and whatever. I mean, this show isn't art, but like it's something, right? And so you go like, well, if I find this entertaining, right. then maybe there's something about the way that guy believes that's good in some way because obviously I'm entertained and I'm whatever. And I feel the same way about art and music. It's like, you know, these people I see online who pop up now who'll be like, they'll find out someone's political view and be like, I can't listen to their music anymore or whatever. I'm like, if you liked the music before, mm-hmm. you know, music has this power to sort of transcend. For sure. At least I hope it does it does for me you know like right. so i've never been one of those dudes to just to tell people to unfollow me and fuck i'll even take your money if you're an asshole i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> i mean like that's that's another one that i find weird too because it's like if someone truly is an asshole and they buy your album then it's like then you're going to turn that money into something positive if you're a good person exactly. or else they're just going to put that money into some other shitty thing that's the way i feel about it i might get some pushback on that <laughs> We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's cool. That's a pretty like diplomatic approach. You kind of keep it open and people can kind of choose their route with you, you know, from the sounds of it. And honestly, like I usually stay out of most things. It's just uh, only lately just because I felt like, well, this is dumb. Like I was, I was seeing artists just being like, Hey man, like just letting you know, we're not racist or whatever. And then people would be underneath the comments, like keep your politics out of this or whatever. I'm just like, that's not a fucking political opinion. You dummy. Like, I mean, that's (laughs) right. That's a common decency right. fucking thing, man. For sure. But I tell you what is cool is listening to cool music. So let's listen to another track. All right, cool. I want to listen to this one. This is another one from Daybreak. Uh, this one's called Moon and in brackets Runner. Now, do you just say this as Moon Runner? Yeah, we just call it Moon Runner. We, we just like the uh, brackets words just because it's more of a vibe. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, here it is. This is Moon Runner by Immortal Girlfriend. Somebody who loves Somebody who sees Somebody who souls Somebody who's me I'm not in a group I'm not in a dream I'm easy to love 
And that was Immortal Girlfriend with Moonrunner. And I am here right now with Immortal Girlfriend, Will and Kevin. So I feel like I talk too much there. So let's talk about you guys again. So who does what in terms of like who's doing the singing? Uh, that's that's me. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing. <laughs> it is I. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I write the lyrics and I do the singing, and Kevin does like a lot of the production, and we both evenly bring ideas to the table. You know, when it comes to songwriting and structure and stuff like that. So it started off just as an idea that I had, and then it kind of slowly turned into like a, a band slash live act. So talk about that then, because you guys have done some live performance, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, qu- quite a bit actually. At the time this band started, we moved into this. It was a like a recording studio, but we also lived there too. It was like a it was a, that was a weird time <laughs> in, in and of itself. That's its own podcast. So we recorded this project, and then people asked us to like play. Like, oh, do you guys play? And we're like, oh, no, kind of. I mean, we can. <laughs> so we kind of had to learn all of our music, and uh, we, like, we're like, oh, I guess we're a band now. <laughs> yeah, it was like a reluctant band. I mean, we were used to playing live shows before, but we didn't necessarily know how we we're gonna translate over to like a synthwave act. But, I mean, we kind of found a way. Yeah, that, that really was kind of the beginnings of the band. Like, one of our songs ended up getting on, like, a local radio station. And that's how people started asking, like, if we were, like, a, a band or, like, what the deal was. So we ended up playing a show uh, at this, like, hole in the wall like bar <laughs> <laughs> on Halloween night in like 2017 so that was like our, our first uh, official gig and ever since then uh, we've kind of just been playing different gigs even theater shows so we, we kind of recently played some uh, last fall so it's just kind of been slowly growing in our hometown as far as the live components concerned so your hometown is what yeah Milwaukee Wisconsin yeah. is there like other synth acts there or like who do you play with like, who are the other people on the bill? <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's a mixed bag. It'll be like yeah, rock bands. Uh, there's a few Synthax around, but I don't know if they even be classified as simply. Right. We play on shows with rappers, like metal bands. <laughs> like, yeah. We kind of don't fit in. We stick out like a sore thumb. But it's, That's what <laughs> makes it fun because I'll be looking at the crowd and like, oh, this is going to be... This is going to be good because we might make fans, we might not make fans. Right. I find that a lot of Synthwave, anybody that's into Synthwave, even online, are they're either previously metal metalheads or currently metalheads, and I find that interesting. Have you have you noticed that? Yeah, there's definitely um, there's a pattern. So it's um, changing over time, but you know it's predominantly male, predominantly dudes, right, in their kind of late twenties and their thirties. <laughs> you know, right. There's a there is that metal component. A lot of those guys go into like kind of the dark synth. A lot of people who mm-hmm. were in bands that were sort of fed up of the band dynamics. So a lot of people I've talked to on the show, yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah, I used to play in some metal bands, or I used to play in some punk bands, but got fed up with like having to deal with other people, and they just like the idea of being able to make music yep. yourself. <laughs> that is one of the most common ones, is the the metal band. Mm-hmm. And then there's just different regions. Like, I've had a lot of people on the show from like Sweden, for example. Nice. There's a lot of like kind of synth pop, electronic music roots there, with like that sort of like retro nostalgia. A lot of people come from like making house and like uh, EDM kind of 
of music and then sort of fall into the the synth wave sure yeah no that's cool so these sort of music shows that you guys play at then they're just sort of like this this random assortment like who puts them i always find that weird when there's like a whole bunch of different random things on the bill like it must be funny to see like the crowd i mean for us like the music scene like in milwaukee is kind of interesting because there's a lot of different artists of different genres but there's a lot of really cool artists here and it's been cool to be a part of the scene on a local level like kevin was saying like we will go into a show and we'll be on a bill with like a rapper or you know there might be even like a country band or something like that or we're opening for like an emo rapper so the crowd <laughs> so the, the crowd is really interesting but the thing that people usually come up to us afterward and say they're like oh man like you guys remind me of like the drive soundtrack so that that's that's usually how we know that i'm like okay i think i think they're talking about synthwave yeah uh, but i think the underground nature of synthwave is becoming more well known it's becoming a little bit more mainstream which i think is cool i'm sure there's a lot of purists out there that wanted to stay like a like a basement well fuck genre. them no those people drive me nuts <laughs> i'll say that openly because music is so important to me like it's it's literally what keeps me creative it's like right. there isn't a day that goes by that I don't fucking just put the headphones on and just listen to some music mm-hmm. and what I love about synthwave obviously there's so many different kind of variations right but you know like if you're listening to like kind of like a cinematic track or something just being able to sort of like get taken away and imagine visuals and stuff like I find uh, synthwave is really evocative that way like when I listen to music I, I see images and, and stuff and I, I think that's so cool but the only thing that I'm bitter about when it comes to synthwave is when a mainstream act does a synthwave song and then everyone acts like it's like all brand new and awesome. Oh, sure. And then I'm sitting there like, dude, I know, like, look, Beyond Synth, the website, <laughs> I have an artist database on there of pretty much like everybody who music I played on the show. I've got like over a thousand entries on that database. Right. And what pisses me off is there's so many super talented people in the scene and when I watch like TikTok videos or whatever where they're all just playing like the fucking Christ who's the guy he just did that song it was popular um a weekend yes <laughs> you know so like to them that's just like oh l- listen to this cool song it's like fucking kind of like 80s music whatever I'm like right, fucking right. I know like so many more people making so much better music than that <laughs> that guy is gonna get attention no matter what because he's already popular I'm not saying it's a bad song I'm just saying like you know right. or Lady Gaga does a pop song right, that right. sounds kind of synth wavy and everyone's yep. all like ooh like that's pretty cool I'm like you fucking piece of shit <laughs> you know I know all these super talented people who I'm like they deserve more recognition sure. and there's so many people in the synthwave scene that I think are so super talented that deserve that recognition and so that's the only time I get annoyed is just be like oh this Selena Gomez song sounds pretty like fuck you, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit so I don't want it to stay in the fucking basement sure. and especially when you go and see live performance right? I'm always mesmerized by just talented people like when I see them actually perform like it's just a it's just such a cool feeling especially more so with the any sort of synthwave that has vocals in it or people singing and stuff I mean that's usually what in a live setting I find a bit more compelling you know to see someone sing and actually like uh, perform and stuff like that and it's so good so I don't I don't whenever people want it to be their little thing I'm like too fucking bad like (laughs) that's a weird (laughs) a weird thing to thrust upon an artist to be like I like you but I don't like you anymore because you've got a thousand Facebook followers 
so I don't like you anymore. Right. You're, you're a fucking sellout. Like, fuck <laughs> off. It's it's good for everybody. Like, I know I, right. I've seen forums of people who are complaining, you know, because Laserhawk is popular, or like Perturbator is so popular now, and they they don't like him anymore. And it's like, dude, his popularity is good because it means people are actually talking about the genre and actually going to shows and stuff. And yeah, and he doesn't have to work a day job like bagging groceries or whatever to make ends meet. Right. So he can get back and get on his computer and make beat. Right. He can like make a living off this. That's the, I, I man, I root for it. Even for me, I feel a little bit different. This is Kevin here speaking. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a little different. Like the weekend, like <laughs> no, the weekend, like, even though he's making synthwave music and like you said, Lady Gaga, it's good because it's getting taste buds for more of this. Cause people are gonna be like, All right, where can I get more of this? You know? Cause right. even if they think it's new, like it's they're probably kids and they never like, you know, they were born after 9-11 they don't know what's you know they don't know I don't know you know what I mean right it's so it's it's good for and it's good for people like us too you know? I partly agree and I think the issue is unless the algorithm does its job properly I don't think a lot of people actually do the research oh, okay. so for me when I discovered Hotline Miami and I listened to the Perturbator song, that spun me into research mode right. because I was like, what is this music? I need more of this. And then I found all these awesome people slowly. It's how I discovered Bandcamp and all. I didn't even know Bandcamp was a website, right? And then I'm clicking on the little keywords and stuff. <laughs> so I'm the kind of guy who, if I find something compelling, I'll go and I'll look for it. I just don't think the majority of people do that. And so like when you when you have a song by like The Weeknd, sure. does it say hashtag synthwave on the YouTube video? You know what I mean? So like, if the algorithm, like, fair play, if it did, like, if you were listening to the weekend song and then it said, next up, do you want to listen to FM 84? You want to listen to this album by Ollie Ride? Maybe you'd like to see the new Retrowave YouTube channel, something, right? Even though those are like sort of bigger things. Or do you like right. the Midnight, you know? And mm-hmm. I would be fine with that. But I feel like once they're like these established artists, they have these big um, companies backing them. And so, like, you know, when, when the weekend's track is done, it's going to shoot you to another fucking Sony BMI artist. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to send you sure. necessarily right. to the genre. But, but there's Spotify playlists, too. It's it's complicated, I think. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. Interesting that you brought up algorithms, too, because that's how I feel like a lot of people are, are finding their music. They're finding it through either playlists or recommendations or, you know, in just, just the algorithm. And it seems like if you could find a way to, like, kind of hack that, you can make it work for you, like, as an artist. But if you don't, it's this weird wall where it's like... It's like you don't exist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, I, I guess, I mean, that's just that's just the internet in, you know, 2020. But um, I, I would like to see that, too. I would like to see more crossover where you could have an artist as big as, like, Lady Gaga or The Weeknd. And then you could have, it like, an unsigned, you know, artist, you know, like a synthwave artist. And you can kind of maybe see some crossover. Because you got to know that these artists and, like, their producers, they're looking to the internet. They're looking to SoundCloud, to YouTube, to Bandcamp. They're looking at these underground genres and they're just putting their spin on it you know yeah like th- i think that's usually what you what, what we see in like a lot of mainstream production is that you know you, you have people that even like rappers like a lot of rappers like i'm trying to think of who the rapper was but there was a rapper he found a beat he typed in his name and he typed in like type beat <laughs> and he found a beat that he liked and then like 
he actually used that beat and I'm like that's so funny like it's almost like a kind of like a parody of itself or something (laughs) 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 that that incidentally is what I first searched for when I was looking for music I liked I just went into Google and just tight beats (laughs) seeing what I could find but look we just talked for too long without listening to music so I want to listen to uh, another track this is another one from Daybreak it was called Celestial or it is called Celestial and uh, we're going to listen to that right now That was Celestial by Immortal Girlfriend. And I'm here right now with Immortal Girlfriend, Will and Kevin, talking about 
synth wave and algorithms and all this stuff. You hinted towards this this time when you were like living in a recording studio. Yeah, yeah, we we were living there for it was it was a little while. It was a little while that we were there. It was an interesting time because at least for me, I still had like a day job or more of like a night job. It was like a third shift driving job, and Kevin was just kind of running the studio, paying his rent that way, just trying to get different artists in and record them and produce for them. So yeah, we were there for a little while, just kind of make, making it work. And uh, a lot of those months and like years there were kind of spent with, they kind of added to the, uh, I guess the overall aesthetic of like what the band was a little bit, just because I spent a lot of time on the road, like, you know, working this third shift job that sucked. And uh, I think a lot of inspiration came just from you know driving at night and stuff like that so you're saying that you made a studio that you guys were running to actually help produce other people's music like is that what was going on well it's a really long story but, uh, <laughs> like you weren't I, i'm trying to figure out if you were sleeping in your own studio or if you were sleeping in somebody else's studio is what i'm trying to discern oh no we uh moved into this it was like a fully built out studio and we could legally live there too so yeah. we're like all right let's just live here like will slept in like a closet and i <laughs> I slept like in the drum room behind these like sound panels. It was very, it was, it was, it was a weird setup. If you can imagine it. But at the same time, we would work with, uh, we would just produce other people, like whether it was like rappers or, you know, people like just starting off, you know, just other local bands, like we record them and like try to make in, ends meet that way. So yeah, it was an interesting time. So was it tricky to bring girls back when you were sleeping in a cupboard and behind some drums? <laughs> I mean, you know, you do the math. I'm not gonna, I, you know, this is a PG. <laughs> I just love the idea of just bringing some girl home and then just slamming into drums and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. It the thing about it was it was kind of far from the city that we're in now, so it was a good forty-five minute drive. So to come out there was we we did have a lot of friends out there and stuff like that, but it was also very like secluded, like a warehouse district kind of like. No, it was actually it was more like in a small town, and it was more like country. It was like more rural out where like we were. Farmhouses and like yeah fields. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I was for some I was picturing like a warehouse district. Those are also tricky to bring women to. Sure, sure. Because uh, <laughs> if you're like half an hour into the drive of like, hey, we're bringing you home now. And then you're like driving in some weird fucking back alley to like some warehouse. Yeah, and then she's just right. like, oh, is this where I get murdered? And like, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, when you're writing lyrics for these tracks, I mean, like, what are some of the uh, the inspirations? Like, what do, what do you tend to sort of write about? At least in the beginning, a lot of it was just introspective. It's silly, but a lot of it comes back to, re- it's like relationship stuff or which I feel like is just universal, but also like the lyrics kind of match match the music. That's usually what I try to go for. So it's it's a mood, I guess. It's a mood, not necessarily like sad, but yeah, yeah it's it's moody yeah, it's, it's moody music. Yeah, I would say more so the new EP. Once we go, we're going to start listening to some tracks from the Ride EP. Okay. And, and I did notice there was a bit of a difference. Like, I, I felt like the Ride EP has kind of like a dreamy sort of quality to it. Like, you know, how like a lot of synth wave, like pure synth wave. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to like fucking like Celeract LA Dreams or something, you know, it's like a nice clear shot of like a fucking Lamborghini driving on the coast with like the sunset and shit. Oh, sure. And I feel like your album, the, the Ride EP was sort of like a car driving, but in the fog. Yes. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like that's what I picture. You know the way like nighttime lights look in the fog with like the red from like yep. the stoplight and shit. If mm-hmm. I was if I was gonna put this music in a movie scene, it would be there'd be like a fog and it might be nighttime and. Yep. Yeah. A, a lot of that was uh, either figuratively or literally like how like I feel like the, the the album was like written was under those circumstances. But yeah, I feel like it is a little bit more of a a dreamier departure, at least from the first one. Yeah. <laughs> See, now I did it. Well, how about this? Let's, uh, let's listen to a track from it. This is one I dug. This one's called In Motion, and it's by Immortal Girlfriend. It's just a mood, it's just a mood, it's just a mood, it's just a 
And that was Immortal Girlfriend with In Motion. And we're chatting with Immortal Girlfriend right now, brothers Will and Kevin. And we're just talking about writing dreamy moods and, and these sorts of things. What, so what else do you guys get up to then when you're not like making music? What, uh, what do you do for fun over there? You're presumably not sleeping in a recording studio anymore, right? <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Thank God. Times have changed. <laughs> I'm sleeping in a dumpster now. <laughs> 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 Things are really tight here. But, uh, uh, I need your help. That's why we're on here. No, 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 no. Uh, no, no. We moved. Uh, we live in a house now. It's yeah. it's a lovely place. <laughs> what question? What did you ask? I don't know. I don't... <laughs> oh, hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, like in quarantine, uh, for me at least, I've been playing a lot of video games and just uh, same <laughs> and uh, trying to getting inspired by that, watching a lot of like movies, like classics I hadn't seen, but like know are great. You know, I've been trying to take in a lot of that. Yeah, same. How how old are you guys? So I'm Will. <laughs> I, I'm Will. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm 34. I'm 27. Kevin is 27. Oh, so there's like a age gap there. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, my brother is like six years older than me. Yeah, we're six years apart. I mean, I'm, I'm technically 33. I'll be 34 in a couple of months, but yeah. Did you ever play the, uh, like, Zelda on the N64? I missed that one, actually. Yeah, no, we we were actually, we were PlayStation. Era. Yeah, PlayStation Nation over here. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, or like Dreamcast into PlayStation. Yeah. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, because I was, uh, like, I was N64, like, that was my thing. Okay. Remember back in the day, I've been thinking about this lately. You know, devices were expensive and we couldn't necessarily afford everything. And like not every thing we own is a thousand different things. You know, like your phone does like 50 million things. A computer does like 50 million things. And there was something kind of quaint about like if you had a video game console, you had that one console. And like I would have the friend that was like, this is my PlayStation friend. You know, that's what he has. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, (laughs) we could trade systems or like, you know, you'd have the friend with the nice stereo. But then you might have the other friend with the big TV. Yeah. And now it's like we have like everything and so it it's not as cool. Like there used to be this kind of cool almost like social aspect to hanging out with friends because we all kind of had different stuff because you couldn't have everything because not everything was right. cheap. Because I was right. thinking about that in terms of even just how it how it works like socially like with hanging out with people. Like when I was in high school I had a 27 inch TV which was like a big TV at the time because like pretty much everybody else would only have like kind of 20 inch TVs mm-hmm. and I had an N64 and so we'd play Goldeneye at my house right? But then that was it. Like that was like I was the house where you could play Goldeneye. But then I have this other buddy that had this fucking wicked stereo. And so, like, that's the house you go to to listen to music. Or there's the buddy with the cool rec room basement. Right. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I, I just feel like there's there's something lost now that we have everything in our device. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have an emulator on your computer and you just have every single old video game. And it, it makes things kind of not special. Dude. I don't, there's, I don't know. I'm, there's a thought here someplace. Dude, I no. What, we, <laughs> I got a fucking organ. <laughs> we completely agree with that, though. Kevin was just talking about it to me like recently like we were talking about how even when it comes to playing video games there's almost an emptiness if you don't have an audience like back in the day like when we had one console we would 
either pass the controller off or if we're playing a single player game i would like watch my older brother like play a game and just sit by and just watch him play and it, it was almost more fun that way yeah it was like uh, a community and like over quarantine I w i've been playing through uh, final fantasy 7 remake which is just like so dope but kevin would like come in and watch me play because we have our own ps4s but kevin like would come in and like watch me play and it got to the point where I almost didn't want to play without him there. And it was like, we almost kind of bonded over like in an old school way. I was like playing video games is almost more fun. And I, I get services like Twitch and people that stream on YouTube because like you said, like there's like that community aspect to video games where it's fun to play, but it's also just fun to watch. And it's fun to kind of be a part of the experience because it's interactive, you know, more so than like a movie or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting now because I have this sort of weird kind of love hate with Twitch because I, like I've got kids and my son's nine and he's mm -hmm. growing up with this sort of this idea of watching people play video games. And the thing is, oh, sure. they're so obnoxious and it's bleeding into the way that he <laughs> plays. So when he plays, he doesn't play quietly. Because he's so used to watching these YouTubers who react really loudly to every little thing, right? So you can watch some idiot playing Minecraft, oh. right? And every time they like they, yeah. they they hit a block and one of those stupid zombie Minecraft monster things walks out, and it's just like, oh, it's a creeper, ah, creepers, you know. And and so now when my son plays, he's constantly narrating what he's doing, and I'm like, dude, shut up! Like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, but obviously multiplayer was different. Right. Obviously, like I talk about Goldeneye all the time on this show but also like the old wrestling games on the N64 were pretty amazing too. Oh, yeah. There's just something about the experience of playing multiplayer with your friends. I still, to this day, love that social aspect. And like, I miss, yeah. I miss split screen. There's certain things where I, I get it. I see people talk about how it's just like split screens outdated and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't think it is. Like, I think there's something really nice about... That's all these fucking video game bars and things popping up, which I hope are still there. Right. Because, like, that's been a great thing to see. All these sort of bars where there's, like, video game consoles at the tables and arcade machines and stuff. And just seeing people together playing. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I, I think maybe that's what it's a throwback to. Like, arcades. Like, even, like, the idea of couch co-op, the in-person interaction, that bond. I think, yeah, that's unparalleled. Streaming is cool, but I don't think it'll ever be at, at the level that, you know, at least for, like, our generation, I don't think it'll ever be at the level of, like, that interaction that we had with uh, video games. I don't know. Like, I, I get it. It's just, it's weird. It's like people are experiencing things in a different way, and maybe I'm just older where there's ways I want to experience this stuff and like that's sort of gone by the wayside like getting together with some buddies and playing a four player game like on in the same room and like I still value that as a right. thing I just it doesn't really happen anymore sure I almost see it kind of like baseball or something like in the 1950s let's say you didn't have a TV you went to go see a baseball game like in person and then now we watch it on TV and now you're like you know video games were like a thing we did together but now your son you know watches it it's almost like a sport it's like yeah. basketball or like uh whatever you yeah. know it's interesting it's just it's the same thing just kind of different yeah i love the analogy to baseball because everyone always just talks about how like no one watches baseball now i feel like that's my my video game pass like just quit talking about golden eyes like fucking no one plays split screen games anymore old timer like i'm just this old stupid man who um <laughs> Look, I want to listen to another track, and then we'll keep chatting. This is the one that the album is named after, the titular Ride track from the Ride EP, and we're going to do this up right now, man. This is Immortal Girlfriend with Ride.
And that was Ride by Immortal Girlfriend. I'm here right now with Immortal Girlfriend, Kevin and Will, chatting about video games and and all sorts of stuff. So how was Final Fantasy? Because I I only ever played the... first half of disc one on the on the original playstation yeah like it was good i mean it was that just expanded upon upon expanded <laughs> upon <laughs> yeah no, it felt kind of like it realized the vision of what the original game was trying to be i mean but i really look at the art of it all like they were really shooting big back at the PlayStation 1 in, what, 98 or whatever. Like, right. even though everything was blocky, they were still telling this amazing story. And now you get to see it and just fully re- realize full resolution. It's worth a playthrough if you got the time. Like, it's uh, it's uh, it was amazing. I think the only downside I would say is that it's just a cliffhanger. I'm just like, man, I just want to play more, you know, so. So my understanding is, because I, I almost do, I do more video game reading like reading about video game news than I do actually playing video games. That's just like my schedule now. Like sure. you have a family and kids and all these things. Like I still play every day, but oftentimes I'm just playing my switch and I'm playing fucking stupid games like animal crossing where it's just like, I'm going to dig some holes, you know? <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's fine. It's it, honestly, it's relaxing. Like during, during quarantine, I've had some days where like right. I can get kind of anxiety like attacks and stuff. And so oddly enough, this stupid game calms me down because mm-hmm. it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> You're just doing repetitive tasks. Like, so if, if someone told me just like animal crossing, that game sucks. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like I can't argue with you, but for some reason, doing these stupid repetitive tasks over and over again, just like digging holes and like knocking fruits off of trees and stuff, is kind of calming. Right. But normally, I, I prefer to shoot stuff if I, <laughs> if I had the choice. But isn't the Final Fantasy remake? It's not the whole game, right? No, it's pretty much like the first disc. Yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's just the like the first, like the a lot of the first main chapters of like I think it's about the first disc probably maybe a little bit more maybe a little less but the the thing that bugs me about it is they're saying how they don't know how many sequels they're gonna make i'm like come on guys like we got something good here like you know let's let's have an idea of where we're gonna go with it and there there were some parts where i feel like uh they were kind of padding it out towards the end where i was like you know some kind of side quests or some mini games where i just like all right like let's get on with it but uh no overall just really solid like graphic wise you know just story wise voice acting gameplay for me i don't know i i kind of fell out of games for a little while but you know this game kind of brought me back a little bit also uh god of war like that that kind of brought me back into gaming a bit more too so yeah i gotta play that it's always on sale if you guys both have playstations how loud are your playstations <laughs> what do you mean because mine sounds like a fucking plane <laughs> and i'm not gonna take it apart like i refuse because like there's a video online i can send you of me trying to fix my old imac and uh it ends with a cracked screen and me screaming like oh, no. in such a guttural and like it's a funny video now because like i the scream i make is is genuine. Oh man. <laughs> and it's full of a lot of just fucking like squealing and sadness. So I see these videos on YouTube, right? There'll be like some weird Russian guy going like, this is how you fix the fan on your PlayStation. And then like <laughs> they're taking it apart and there's all these like fucking like 50 screws and right. And I'm just like, ah, I can't risk it. Like, it's not in my budget right now to buy a new PlayStation with the PS5 looming, you know, right. and <laughs> I can't justify buying a play another PlayStation 4 now 
unless this one explodes. Sure. Which it might do because, like, honestly, the, the thing sounds like I don't know. Like, I'm just waiting for the day when like screws just start shooting out the side with like these big like steam puffs. It's like, whizz, and then the whole thing just explodes. Anyway, my, the point is, my PlayStation's loud. Yeah, no, I, I think mine's gotten way louder too. Like, especially if I'm playing something online, it, it heats up a room too. Like, it'll heat up a space if like you don't have like you know any heat in an area of the room or something like that. I'm like, oh, this this room's pretty warm now. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a heater. That's pretty cool. Yeah, space heater, you know? Yeah, you've probably all seen the uh, the video now, like the reveal of the PlayStation 5, yep. I'm assuming. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's why that thing is designed to look so strange, because maybe it's about ventilation to make it run cooler. I would hope so. That would make sense. I feel like at this point, it's about function. Maybe not function over form, but... I'd say function has to be a pretty high, you know, factor at this point for them, like for Sony, but also for Microsoft. You know, their their console looks, uh, I don't know, it, it doesn't look bad, but it looks, it's just like, like a literal, like, box. It looks almost like alien in a way. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the PlayStation one. I mean, at least it kind of looks like a cool thing, mm-hmm. considering that the Xbox is just a rectangle. Right. And I know people have all the memes online of what all the different like systems look like, but I'm just I'm just curious to be like how you're going to store like cuz the PlayStation on its side looks weird. Like it looks like it's meant to be stored upright. Right. So it looks like kind of the Lord of the Rings tower or whatever, but <laughs> on its side it looks like this weird sort of clamshell looking thing. It's hard to explain. Hey, as long as I can play cyberpunk 2077 yeah i don't care what my system because that game is gonna be that's like the game i've waited for like since i was a kid same so i can't wait for that yes no it does look uh that game looks cool and it's i'm i'm wondering too though because it's got delayed again and so i'm thinking are they just gonna admit that it's a fucking next gen game you know what i mean like i just feel like that's what all these delays are about I know they keep saying it's not. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there'll be like a free upgrade for your Xbox or whatever. But I'm like, this whole time I'll, watching those videos, I'm like, this is a next gen game. Right. right. This right. is. I almost feel like I might not even buy it for the PlayStation 4. I feel like to to make it more exciting buying the PlayStation 5, it'll be more exciting to then also buy like Cyberpunk when it comes out proper for the other system and be like, it's a whole new thing. But then maybe that won't be right away. It might be like, you know several months before they actually do that i don't know yeah Yeah, we'll see that's an interesting idea yeah that last delay really made me think they're trying to push like next gen consoles a bit more now especially with that free upgrade i'm like it's it's almost looking like they're trying to opt more for like hey like well if you play it on here you know it'll be a better experience yeah i bet you anything like this whole time because the games always looked pretty ambitious and so i'm thinking when it comes out, I bet you the PlayStation and Xbox, like, regular versions, they're going to be, like, play at, like, 10 frames a second or some dumb thing. Like, there's going to be some <laughs> weird limitation on the game or, like, the resolution will be garbage. Maybe. And whatever. <laughs> it's, all, it's all fucking speculation, man. Right. What's your favorite Depeche Mode song? Oh, man. Like, one that's, like, usually stuck in my head for days. I mean, most of their songs, but I actually like the song Stripped. For me, it, it, it's like a really strong, like, opening song. Like, if they would play that live, it's like a strong, like, opening vibe. You know, just kind of, uh, you know, the song starts, you know, kind of has that engine rev. I don't know, I guess maybe that's where we get a little bit of inspiration from, from some stuff there. But I like that song. But I also like Policy of Truth. It's probably like another always in, in the back of my mind, like playing kind of song. I think Black Celebration's my favorite album. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I, I 
like the best. No, that, that's that's a, that's a good one for sure. Yeah, it's weird because I, I get sort of... My wife likes to listen to the radio. I can't stand the radio. I think the one thing about synthwave scene is bec- I've become like this sort of snob <laughs> where like I just can't stand regular music and even to be honest with you even those like it's it's 80s weekend on fucking kbl 45 or whatever like they play the same like 40 songs right it always drives me nuts is like i like depeche mode is like I, my favorite band before mm-hmm. obviously like discovering synthwave now i have so many more favorite right. artists and just favorite songs i mean my fucking playlist is 50 days long now so like it literally is so nice it's. Uh, I mean, my drive to fucking organize that thing because that's obviously too long. But uh, it's. <laughs> but the point is, there's a lot of awesome music, mm-hmm. and it always drives me nuts that like anytime Depeche Mode comes on the radio, it's just can't get enough personal Jesus. Right. You know, it's like the same five songs. Right. And they've got like. 400 songs right, you know sure. what I mean? <laughs> like, it's so annoying yeah. and a lot of my favorite songs are not the ones that get radio play like I mean I get that the guitar hook in Personal Jesus is catchy but I mean that's not even my favorite song on that album yeah. like it's just it's just catchy because it's this fucking repetitive loop that just gets <laughs> in your brain right that's uh, I don't know that's that top 40 like programming I guess it's like it's the same perpetual songs granted there were a lot of 80s bands that were like one hit wonders but even for like the notable ones it'll just oh like I know that song but it's like hey they actually have like pretty good deep cuts like if you listen to the albums you know yeah I almost wish if I could cast like a magical spell over the radio it would be from now on every song has to be just the next song on the album so like every time they're about to play like it's song number two by Blur they just have and that that's like track three on the album they just have to play track four <laughs> and then the whole radio just shifts by like one song it would be such a different thing because I'm fucking fed up with the the radio but my wife kind of whenever i put on synthwave stuff like she always finds a reason to turn it down <laughs> like if we're in the car like the second our kids start talking it's just like oh what did you say and then turns the volume all the way down to hear what they're saying i'm like what the hell is this and then meanwhile she'll put in like the kid cd that has like fucking cheesy like fucking 90s dance songs have you ever listened to cotton eye joe that song sucks so bad it's in the same vein as the hamster dance yep remember there's like these songs that came out where it's just like this eh, it, crap <laughs> and fucking we listen to that shit yeah it was kind of in that era of uh when like Eiffel 65 got big right you had these catchy oh yeah repetitive electronic trancey kind of vibes and uh yeah like they somehow made it to like top 40 radio or like you know arena playlist and then all of a sudden you're hearing it everywhere I wonder how much money those artists get when they become like an arena playlist song like, think about fucking Too Unlimited. Right. You know, just to have a song that ends up being like, this song is going to be played at every sports game for the rest of time. You know, like, just, y'all ready for this? Like, it's just, there's got to be a fucking fat check in there someplace. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully if they have good, like, licensing or publishing deals, yeah. <laughs> but look, listen, let's, how about this? Let's listen to one more track and then we can wind this thing down because we've been uh, talking for a while. We'll listen to this track called Phantasm. It's the last one on the EP and it's a cool song. And uh, yeah, this is Phantasm by Immortal Girlfriend. <laughs>
And that was Immortal Girlfriend with Phantasm. And I'm here chatting with uh, Immortal Girlfriend right now. Will and Kevin, brothers. Uh, I think you're probably the only brother synthwave duo. I'm trying to think if there's another one. Yeah, I'm not sure. We might be. So, yeah, we'll, we'll take that title, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, what does the future hold, man? I mean, I know it's weird. I, I recorded all these, a lot of interviews like before quarantine. And so I'm talking to all these artists like, what are your plans? And it's like, oh, I can't wait for 2020 and we're gonna yeah you know we got this tour plan and we got all this and that and so i know it's a weird time to ask what the future is but i mean what, what are you guys working on stuff or yeah we're working on just a follow-up to ride and really just trying to kind of figure out what the live side of things looks like you know going forward just because it's looking kind of bleak right now i mean i, I think there will be a return to live shows at some point but we're trying to just kind of navigate this space and find ways to stay engaged and do live things, you know, online, you know, in the digital space. Uh, so we're trying to keep that in mind and just look for different opportunities to do, you know, do stuff like that. We've also been out to L.A. a, a few times uh, this last year, and we've been producing some like mainstream artists, too. So just more of that. So keep an eye out for, <laughs> I guess, that in the future. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, then if you sort of handle more of like the technical side of things and, and that sort of stuff, like when it comes to producing other artists, like, is that where you do you handle more of that? Uh, I mean, Will, Will, he's a producer, too. So or sometimes he'll, he'll cook something up and then shoot it my way and then I'll just put my thing on it. Well, how closely do you guys work together? Because obviously, I mean, like, if it feels like you guys are pretty close-knit, like, you living with each other and stuff. So, like, do you, uh, you know, because a lot of people, a lot of these synthwave artists, even if they work with other people, there's still oftentimes a lot of distance between them. There's a lot of, like, sending files back and forth and stuff like that. Do you have that kind of relationship, or is it more like, hey, man, come see what I'm working on, and, like, stand over the computer while the one guy's doing something, and you just sort of sit there bobbing your head along, or do you still yeah. like to work separately? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do a combination of that. Like, sometimes I'll just have an idea, I'll bring it to Kevin, and, like, we'll kind of start in on it or he'll have an idea and we'll kind of listen to it and start in on it or uh we'll go from scratch even and yeah that's usually how the songs come about like i said it's been a mixture especially on our last ep it was a way more collaborative effort i feel like just from the ground up and yeah i don't know it was a lot of fun to try to write that way but sometimes it is almost it's almost a little bit more productive for us if we try different things separately and then kind of come together and then to see what we get there because that's where I feel like we found our most successes. Obviously, a lot of the people I talk to are like solo artists. Mm -hmm. And so it's always interesting when like there's there's a band involved and, and more people because I'm curious as to like that moment where you decide like, yes, this track is done. Is, is there one person that has like the, the stamp that goes like, all right, we're finished now? Like, how do you, you know, when do you, when do you decide? We usually agree or yeah. you just kind of feel it. It's just like, is this, is this done? Yeah, it sounds about done. Yeah. Because for me, I'm like, I'm a mixing engineer too, so and I mix all kinds of genre. I mix everything. You have to kind of have a little bit of foresight in like, what is this song becoming? Like, how can I make it bigger? How can I expand it? So right. um, I think we both kind of have that mindset where it's like, all right, like, is this song hitting hard enough? Is it, do we need to go do another chorus or whatever? So right. it's, it, it is pretty collaborative. Yeah. It's really collaborative. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody works the way we do. <laughs> and we might just be weirdos. I mean, 
it's nice when families get along. I think that's a... I always find it interesting. My, my family's very like, I don't know, we're very uh, independent people. And then I compare it to like my wife's family where she's got like a whole bunch of siblings. There's like six of them in the family or something. And, uh, and it's very different because they have like almost friendship relationships with their brothers and sisters. And like, I don't necessarily have that. Mm. There's so many just different types of sort of family dynamics. Right. Whereas like when I think of my brother, I think of him like, I'm not, you know, when people go like, oh, my dad's my best friend or my mom's my right. best friend. I'm like, no, no, like my dad's my dad. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I see like, you know, we, we might get along and have like funny conversations and enjoy each other's company, but I still see them as they're what they are, you know, like in my family. Like I've never said the sentence like my brother's my friend. I'm like, no, he's my brother. Like mm-hmm. we get along, but he's my brother. Right. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said something profound or stupid just now. Well, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, it's uh, that's just that dynamic, you know, and there's different dynamics with uh, different family members. Like we have other bro- like brothers, like we have another brother and and we have three sisters. So what it looks like in our family and like the relationships that we have with them are different than like, you know, the relationship that Kevin and I have. So I, I definitely understand what you're saying as far as like how people communicate and just, you know, how, how they deal with each other. Because there's definitely people like we know people that, you know, they're they're blood related, but they're, you know, they hate each other or whatever. You know, so six of you. That's fucking. That's a lot of people. Was it like a busy house? It was. Yeah. Growing up, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what makes. Uh, I don't know, that's what makes us who we are. I guess. Right. Well, listen. It was. It was uh, lovely to meet you guys, and you make cool music. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Or I really wanted to get into more politics and religion. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you have another hour there. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> no, that that was that was about it, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, we appreciate you having us on the podcast. This was a lot of fun. And people should go check out immortalgirlfriend.net. Actually, we don't have a website. So don't, 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 uh, yeah, you can just tell them to check, <laughs> you check out our band camp for the time being. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait. I don't know what that site is. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably immortalgirlfriend.org. Yeah, dot .co. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> .co.uk. Just make it up. I don't care. Uh, it was nice to meet you guys, and uh, keep on making cool music. Thanks, man. And uh, have, a, have a lovely Milwaukee day. Appreciate it. All right, yeah, take care. Right, and that was my conversation with Immortal Girlfriend. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed talking to them. That was a fun conversation. So don't forget to go uh, check out their music because uh, they make cool stuff. And on that note, I gotta go. I gotta edit more videos because uh, I really want to get through that back catalog of uh, unedited videos and get it done. It'll make me feel good about myself. And uh, maybe I'll drink some water because I feel my voice is uh, going away. Anyways, uh, I hope you all have a lovely week and thanks for listening to Beyond synth the best synthwave chat show there is and tune in next time when my guest will be somebody who makes music <laughs> am i saying that because i don't know who's going to be the next guest who knows uh maybe it's ex- just as exciting for me as it is for you uh have a lovely week tune in next time uh be safe don't cough into people's faces and don't let them cough into yours maybe there's um something you can wear over your mouth and nose that would uh, probably prevent that I know, dress like a ninja. See you later.
If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.